This is John Cabal Jones. This is Mike Strong with the Indianapolis Colts. Yo, it's your boy Buddy. This is Jazz the Kid Chisholm. Clay Thompson of the Golden State Warriors. And you are logged in the 10th year seniors. 10th year seniors. 10th year seniors. 10th year seniors. You're logged in with 10th year seniors. Yeah. Welcome to the 10th year seniors podcast network. This is a very special edition of Conversations. We got a legend on the line, a legend in track and field, a legend in Bahamian sports. Now, I feel like he's also a legend in Bahamian business, but he's done all of that. The resume second to none. Frank Rutherford, first time on the program, but he's been a friend of the program for a while. Good to have you on, Frank, finally. Well, I'm happy to, to be here, and I'm glad that you gave me the honor of blessing uh, your wonderful work. 10 year senior podcast is amazing what you've done with it we trying we trying we trying to do with things so what what a day is look like for frank rutherford now we talked about all of that that you've done i know i know how your imprint is in houston right now but what's the typical day in the life of somebody of let's say someone of your status what's what's frank rutherford's days like now well you know it's, it always begins with um a two-hour, three-hour workout for myself to try to preserve my health and then jump straight into business stuff on all fronts. Um, you know, I'm involved in in about, you know, four or five different businesses. Uh, I think most notably, most people know about uh, Megamalt, uh, which, which is a Bahamian owned, a Bahamian created, a Bahamian all around product that uh, that sells globally to 121 countries. And so, as you can imagine, I'm in, I'm on the phone dealing with uh, distributors and business associates associates related to that globally. And then, you know, um, also have so many other business things that I do. And then also, you know, I'm 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 also my best friend, Akeem Elijah. One, I, I I'm I'm pretty much in charge of most of his basketball-related businesses and stuff that goes on with him, uh, along with so many other things. And then also, constantly dealing with college coaches, um, dealing with basketball players that, again, I'm involved with by way of, of, of basically managing Akeem Olajuwon's uh, AAU program uh, that we have here for his sons, my grandson, and a lot of a lot of the, the talented kids here in Houston that are basketball players um, and, and doing Houston Rocket stuff. It, it just goes on and on and on, you know. Um, I was also um, helping the University of Houston out uh, as a volunteer assistant coach uh, uh, with track and field. So, buddy, it goes on and on, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it goes on, man. So we have you on at, at the perfect time because I'm, I'm glad you mentioned all the basketball stuff because there are two things right now taking the national spotlight, two things that I feel like we have to get into. You have the senior men's basketball team reaching heights that they've never reached before, advancing to the Olympic qualifying tournament next summer. And then at the same time, now you have the world championships going on in Budapest. So 
these are two sports that you're very obviously invested in. Your career has been invested in. Let's start with the basketball team first. Um, I know you had a chance to follow a lot of that that was going on. What was just your takeaway from seeing them get to that point? Well, like all Bahamians, I, I mean, I'm I'm just budding with 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 uh, national pride and and just so incredibly exuberantly excited for the team itself, but even more so, again, <laughs> you know, us being able to demonstrate that regardless of whatever limitations there is, look what great things can happen because we have the God-given talents in our young athletes and our people to be the best in the world, you know, and, and, and um, I, I'm just... I'm telling you, I'm just so excited about the known possibility of of us perhaps having a birth at the Olympics, you know, and that's that's in basketball, and that's that's believe it or not, that's been a dream of mine as well, <laughs> even though I'm not a player. Yeah, I mean, you're not a player, but you've been so invested in what happens with basketball in terms of getting young players from the Bahamas and getting them to play at the collegiate level. And and you look at the sidelines of the team Bahamas coaching staff, you see one of your products, Mikhail McLean was there. So you've had, you've had your imprint on this, but what does it, what did it feel like to you just to see him get to that point? He is someone that's always exhibited the leadership skills and you could see very early on that this was the path that he was going to follow. But just with that, what did that moment mean for you to see him be there? Well, I mean, you know, uh, I'll, I'll I'll address Mikhail here in a second. Let, let's 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 go back in time, you know. And and I, I've always been a person who loved basketball, and I've I've gotten so enamored by it, and actually it's become my my favorite sport, even more than track and field, you know. Believe it or not because of my relationship going all the way back to the University of Houston with my best friend, Akeem Olajuwon, and, and, my, and my relationship with him during his career and helping him to preserve, you know, the, the, the speed and gifts and the footwork gifts he had by, by being one of his consultants for during his career. And so, therefore, that, that, that put me in being a consultant with the Houston Rockets for many years where me being around the game since almost back from 1984, I've always had scouts and um, basketball, NBA basketball executives will come to me and say, man, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've watched a Bahamian kid at XYZ University. Man, he, he was the fastest, most athletic kid. He could hit his head on the rim. But Frank, man, the kid, just didn't have no skill. And, you know, he was six foot four, and the only thing he could do is play around the basket and be the best best athlete. Why don't you go back and talk to those people about what Michael Thompson and them did back in the, in the 70s and start bringing kids back into the United States of America where they can learn the game um, at, 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 at a very early age. And when they turn six four, at least they'll be a point guard instead of center and just an athlete. 
And you know, some might got tired of hearing that. And therefore, I started the Frank Rutherford Foundation, where I started bringing, you know, kids into the U.S. again, following what I call them, the, 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 um, the, um, Michael Thompson, the Jackson, the Jackson Five model, which, you know, uh, that's, that's where the embryo of, of, of what we are talking about now, the brilliance of Bame in basketball started then. I wouldn't argue with, hope nobody would argue with me on that. But that's where we started to make our global um, ascension in, into the into the into the minds of, of of the world of the Bahamas have some great basketball talent because yeah, out of that, you know, that's Michael Thompson, Cecil Rose, Cecil Rose, uh, Kopi, um, um, Chet Thompson, uh, who's who we call Kyle Wheeler, and of course Osborne Goose Lockhart. Those guys left and they've been undefeated in high school basketball in 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 in, in uh, Florida in high school for three seasons in a row. In order that came, of course, the first foreign born um number one overall pick in the NBA draft in nineteen seventy eight in Michael Thompson. And all of those guys, Cecil Rose, Audvon, all of those guys was also uh drafted into the NBA. And so I started doing the very same thing again. And my view was, yes, I was a track and field athlete that had done all the amazing things of bringing the world to understand how great of a track and field power we could be by winning the Olympic and World Championship medals. And I understood the formula that led to that, which that's years and years of hundreds of kids being involved in the NCAA track and field system that eventually something big would happen. I wanted to do the same thing with basketball. I wanted to bring kids and load the NCAA system up with high-level, high-major Division I basketball players. That was the impetus of my program, the Frank Rutherford Foundation, which Mikhail McLean, Michael Carey, uh, uh, Anwar Ferguson, Shaquille Clare, Dan Rod Chicken Noodles, Michael uh, uh, Carey, um, 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 <laughs> the list go on and on. Even DeAndre Ayton, I, I, I'm the first one took DeAndre out, out of the Bahamas and, and when he was 12 years old, even though he was discovered at, at Jeff's uh, camp. His father will tell you, if you ever get a chance to sit down with his father, he'll tell you, me and DeAndre, I talked to DeAndre every single day when he was 12 years old from Houston, telling him of the possibilities of him being the number one overall pick. And so said, so done. But the whole thing was about us loading up the NCAA. That met some resistance, uh, uh, Ronaldo. It still meets resistance. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 you know, it's still it's it's, it's you, you're saying resistance is still there because some of these coaches were saying that why is Frank thinking he could take you know kids out of the bombs? It means we can't coach. I said no, guys. That's not what it means. It means that Frank is an extension of you guys when you guys are able to coach a kid to a certain level with certain height. You can send them to me, and I can put them on a, on, on a bigger stage where they get further training, further, further exposure, so they can become high major D1 players so that one day we will again get multiple NBA drafts and so that we would be able to one day have enough guys to qualify for the Olympics in basketball. That, that was my whole impetus behind what I did. And it was all for the young men, the coaches, the Bahamas, and our building of our country. That, that was it, Ronaldo. That was it. 
So I, Fox Boy, we talk about Phil McLean. He's just he's just one of the many of kids that have come through the program. And this was this was pretty much like you said. This was the this was the product. This would is what it was supposed to look like when all when all of that started. When you first started, I think I think Devon and Devon were your first to come through the program. If if I'm not mistaken, well, you know they, they were, but Anwar Ferguson was perhaps the very first one I bought Anwar here in like 1990. Had to be in 93. You remember Anwar Ferguson? Yeah, it's center for Houston Cougars, national team player for several years. Yeah. I think I think he I think he spent time. Did he have a brief time in the G League as well? But yeah, yeah. Yes, he was the Utah Jazz. He was one pick. He was one spot away from making the Utah club. Um, interesting enough, now he didn't play no hardly any basketball in the Bahamas. He was a high jumper, mind you. Remember, he was a high jumper. Yeah, you know, he was seven foot one, and and I took him out out and put, and put him in JUCO and worked with him, and he you know played had a great career in college, blocked a lot of shots, played in Europe or, and and also I think in Iran and places like that for a very long time. But this was back in nineteen, like back in nineteen ninety three, I was still competing as a as an athlete. Yeah. 94. So at I this, think around there, you know, at this time period, you just a year, two years removed. From winning your Olympic medal, so you're still in the thick of it, trying to do two things at once. Absolutely, uh, and and I've always been a multi-person like that, multi-task person because I was also doing business at the same time. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I mean, just just always had a sense of um, potential, seeing great potential, especially in our in our in our young people. You know what I mean? And so, but I had this. Affin affinity to basketball because of my relationship with with Akeem and and the Rockets and and all of these um, scouts constantly telling me about you know about these kids we have in the Bahamas you know so so there you go and I mean and 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 fast forward to so many young great players that have helped to lead that whole culture of now Daryl says uh, who was one of the people early was he, early he was a critic. But but found out very quickly by by his working with Magnum Roll that you know something I got to get Magnum Roll like Frank saying out of the Bahamas and and he went he came over to school and I think that started the whole movement yeah. of 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 people starting to be like you know uh, um, uh, people like Norris Bean and everybody who were early critics. Um, so many people, uh, Bonnie, I think, at, at, at Catholic uh, High in, in Freeport, all these people who were early critics started like, you know, I see what Frank is doing with these kids. And, I, and, I, and, and these were not the top kids I was bringing over either now because they kept the top kids there. I was getting the kids who they rejected, the Jeremy Bars and people like that who became like the number two best player in, in America and stuff like that, who they, who they didn't want. So I, I had to prove to them what is regular now, okay? Because if you look at a national team that has just done what they did, every single one of those players, just go and check it out. Go and check it out. Have done almost high school in the United States of America. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. Yeah, there's literally just one player. Everyone else, Dominic Bridgewater is the only one, and that's through Keno Burroughs getting him an opportunity to come straight from the Bahamas and play 
at the cadet level in France, but he's the only one. Outside of him, everyone else has gone through the same path. You leave, you play at the high school level, go through the NCAA system, and then you make your career from there. That's they've they've followed the model. That's it. And, and I, I'm not sitting here pounding my chest, wanting anybody to give me any credit for it. All, the only thing I care about is the results. <laughs> and that's why I'm doing cartwheels and backflips, just like every Bayman uh, buzzing with pride to see exactly. Look, it, it's just so so much of a poetic justice, right? Um, when I was just on um, two, I just got back here last week, uh, late last week, but when I was in Nassau, I, I, I spoke with E.G., e, e. who's he's like a family member of mine because, of course, you know, me. you should know me and his ties. Yeah. You know, um, um, Neville Wisdom, who, was, who, who's, who developed me and gave me the path to where I'm at right now, happens to be his, 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 his mom and Neville are, are first cousins. So, you know, I, I've grown up around them. And so I've been knowing Eric from East, a little boy playing AAU basketball, alongside these behemoth kids that I've brought through, uh, like the, the Michael Careys and the Warner Bales and, and, and uh, uh, Jeremy Bars and people like that. He played against them when he was playing with his dad's Indiana teams. You know what I mean? And so so here it is, and, and he's been in Houston for, for a very long time. You know, I, I'm a consultant with the team. So here it is that, boom, he joins now the team, along with, you know, the model of, of bringing these kids who he's out of chance to some of them play against during his AU years and, and go goes and do what they, what, what they have done. And, and, and now, now our country is, is being taken a little bit, I think a little bit serious now, uh, and, 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 I, <laughs> and, and being a, a, a all right. Yeah, right, right I, I, I feel like the people invested in it are taking it seriously. I'm still apprehensive to say the people signing checks, the people making certain decisions are taking it seriously. I think I need to see what happens after this, because it's easy to be caught up in the moment and to bask in the glory of this success. But I don't think enough people are taking it seriously in terms of doing what needs to be done behind the scenes. Because for, for this to continue, Bahamas basketball has to become big business. And that part, I don't know if we have fully grasped as yet. Because it took, you know, Buddy bringing in some of what he has acquired from the NBA. It took EG coming <laughs> in. It took DeAndre coming in for us to realize, well, we can't nickel and dime this thing no more if you have this level of talent. So will we take it seriously as a country? That's an entirely different question. Well, you and I could booze that, and I can almost give you also some answers to that. We will. Because, again, we, need to get, you, we need to get to all that. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, all right. We, let, let's, let's deal with Mikhail, and then I'll get to that. Mikhail McLean, who happens to be an uprising up, up, up superstar of a, of a collegiate coach who will one day be a, a, a big-time head coach, much like um, Miss McPhee Miss, Miss uh, McLean. I keep, get, I keep getting... It's easy if you uh, just go Coach uh, Yo. Just go Coach Yo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I always get her last name, you know, uh, Yolette's uh, last name. You know, much like she's done on the women's side and a pioneer. Uh, uh, Mikhail is 
become the, the, the first Bahamian NCAA Division I college coach that we've had. Um, and, and as you can see, his personality is genius in coaching. Uh, he's a he's a he's a players coach. People just love being around him. Like you say, his his personality, his leadership skills. Um, he's always exhibited that. He's always been the glue guy. He's always been the guy when the when the house is on fire. Uh, don't worry about it. Mikhail will will find some way for that fire to be for that fire to be uh, uh, put out. Uh, so so. We, we, we have all of these wonderful uh, um, things that are going on in the synergy of always in the, the, the talents of our people. And Mikhail certainly exhibits that. And uh, I, I'm, I'm just so, so, uh, you, can't, you can't imagine, not, not just Mikhail. I mean, I, I could go on and on. The, the, the people, our foundation have produced the first WNBA player for the Bahamas, people uh, rightfully so knows John Quill Jones, but a lot of us forget that the first Bahamian woman to ever be drafted in the WNBA was Waltia Rowe. You know, she's she's again one of the young people I found walking on the streets at the age of 12 years old, being about six three, and two weeks later she was in Houston. Years later she was playing for the University of North Carolina and became the first WNBA player for the Bahamas. You know, uh, Mikhail, the first NCAA male coach, and now uh, part of of of, uh, of of something that that that's getting ready to be really big and a springboard into us becoming a. And, and I'm going to speak this into power, Ronaldo. I know we have this version of that of it we're going to talk about, which is consequently so important. <clears throat> The, the the financial aspect and responsibility of a country to build these 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 successful programs uh, to make to make sure things are, are sustained and and becomes into fruition. But we have people like Mikhail, Coach Yo, and 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 everybody who is who is who is just as good as any American, European, or or Asian coach at any level. You know, we have, it's incredible how amazing our people are when it comes to achieving, becoming great as anybody. But I'm going to agree with you 100%. Um, again, you're talking to a pioneer in so many rights when it comes to overall sports in myself. And, and I would think that after 1992, when I won our country's first Olympic medal in an independent Bahamas. I would think that today we would have at least very easily four or five at least at least tartan tracks throughout the family islands. I would think that we would have a a, a, a continual strong uh, very well financed national track and field program that goes through the length and breadth of our country. And no kid left behind will have a taste from all the way from Inagua all the way up to Bimini, will have a taste of what it feels like to be in a, in a, in a, in, in a comprehensive, strong development track and field, uh, a national program. I, I, would, I would think that coaches would be 
uh, uh, paid as professionals. I would, I would have thought that the president of the B3As would be a seconded uh, 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 professional that is paid. I, I would think that the B3As would have their own office now or their own building at a particular track that belongs to the country. I would believe that 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 athletes would not even have to even worry about subvention. I, 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 the money would be flowing so strongly uh, that there's no bias, there's no type of 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 of, of uh, favoritism of who gets the money or whatever. I would think that when an athlete goes to the World Championships or the Olympics, that the supporting cast that are, that are there for those athletes, I would think that they would be there for the athletes and not to create hysteria for the athletes. I would think that we would not have any of the damn problems that I had, Mike Sands had, the athletes before me had. I would think that when I took us to the moon, I, I thought that all of these prob these prob uh, problems would be erased. So now you're talking about the basketball thing and what's going to happen. Now I, I, I'm I'm in total agreement with you, my brother. I'm in total agreement, and it's concerning. It, it is because I've equated them winning that, and I said this to you yesterday. I equated that to being their '92 moment. And track had its 92 moment with you, but all of those things that, that you just questioned, all of those questions are still in place. But I, I want to get into why that is the way it is, but I want to start with your story in particular. Why do you think 92 is not remembered the way it is? It's not commemorated the way that it should be. And I'm talking about tangibly in terms of people seeing it, physically here in the country, whereas a visitor could come in and see, hey, this here is named after Frank Rutherford, or this is commemorating our moment of Olympic glory in 1992. Why do you think that moment is not remembered and solidified in the minds of Bahamians the way it should be? Well, um, number one, you know, and, and, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm not going to sit here, as you know me, to be a person to mince my words or or apologize for something that myself uh, did. Because if I did something honestly wrong, I would apologize in a heartbeat. And I would never compromise my integrity or the integrity of the future of what our country um, had the potential to be for no political reason. I, let me put that aside, because that's what a lot of people like to come and say the reason why my moment, our moment, haven't given us, our country, the significance that will define us as a people to accelerate our excellence to even more than what it is, that moment was simmered down by a political time in our country 
where a new administration who've been trying to win the country for a very long time happened to had won and they saw my victory as a victory for the PLP. And consequently, if you, this was a very long time ago and a lot of people wasn't uh, conscious in around, but 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 the 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 the, the gentleman that wind up winning becoming the prime minister told me unequivocally you're a Lyndon Pinland guy and as a result of you being a Lyndon Pinland guy I ain't doing nothing for you and therefore that administration didn't lift that euphoric significant most most to me at that time most important moment in sports history in our young country and somebody winning of our color in an independent Bahamas a sport that every Bahamian of indigenous color can understand track and field which is the love of our love and passion of our people you know uh, 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 that, 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 that administration didn't lift that moment when they took office okay and so when i won the medal i won it on august 3rd 1992 i came home on august 9th 1992 the the, the house the, the the country was dissolved for an election and so therefore um and therefore there were campaigning going on so there was no major uh the the, the plp party who was the, the ruling government they had dissolved the country, so so it wasn't much could, that could, could have been done, besides everybody campaigning because the 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 uh, the election I think was like on the tenth or the eleventh or something like that, you know. But anyway, that is what I think. Still today, and people want to say, oh well, you know, Frank, uh, uh, um, um, he he he. he he was supposed to show up at a at a banquet that was supposed to be for him put on by the Ministry of Youth and and, the, and he shunned the, the Minister of Sports. That is in, that that is that is totally a lie and incorrect. You know, that's just the kind of euphoria nonsense that was going on around that time. That really I think, and I know for a fact, that have hurt not just me, but it's hurt our country. Because when somebody wins an Olympic medal or qualifies for the Olympics in basketball, that's not for no FNM, PLP, UBP, GBP, or whatever. No. That's for us as Bahamians. Have nothing to do with anything or anything else. You know, it, it, it builds a sense of, of, of national pride, identity, patriotism, uh, um, it, 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 a euphoria of... of spirituality of belief and connectivity of your people that that nothing else can do you understand what i'm saying ronaldo right and and so and so for me you know americans rally that's why america is such a great country that it is they rally around when their country does things when they go against the world they couldn't care whether it's donald trump or whoever whatever 
But when it's time to go fight a war, it's the flag. All American. But that that's a, that. that's another thing that I wanted to get to, and I think me, we've spoken about this before. Uh, the cultural differences, because I I understand to a certain extent. I understand you saying everything was overshadowed in 92 because it's right in the thick of election season and we know how Bahamians get with that. But I feel like so much time has passed and so many different administrations or even it was even if it was something spearheaded by the B3As, I still feel like somehow 92 was kind of pushed to the side. It's kind of like hush hush forget forget about it's not really commemorated in the same way and i you know i feel like we kind of have to put the blame on everyone that came after that as well because here we sit in 2023 and other than you know other than the development at ROI homes that i saw you i i saw you at i have not seen anyone really try <laughs> to celebrate what has happened not on the grand stage no, you, and you're correct. Uh, um, look, I, I'm just as puzzled as you are, you know, because, but I understand also the psychology of our people, you know, the psychology of our people. And when I say our people, it's, I guess it's almost the psychology of everybody, you know. Um, um, what have you done for me lately? What's what's in the front of me is what's, is what's more important. Uh, what has happened in the past? seem to be uh, easily forgotten, except, and this is, and see, I get in trouble when I say this, but I'm only making this point because you have made this exacerbating point that is factual. Still, there's no, you're right, the B3As itself, who happens to be the, the, the Federation of Track and Field, have never even once commemorated 1992 at any of their banquets. They haven't done anything as an organization to, 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 to make that moment their defining moment as a track and field federation. The, the, the reason why the Beach Race was formed, yes, is to, to be able to govern track and field in the Bahamas. But, but but the goal and aspirations of every federation, I would think, if you're an Olympic sport, is to produce, to, to be able to put together such a, a, a strong, budding track and field uh, uh, environment and culture in your country that it will produce the best athletes in the world, which speaks to being Olympic medalists, Olympic champions, world champions, Olympic medalists. I mean, our world, world championship medalists. That, that really, and, 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 and also, my friend, in individual events, not just relays, individual events. And so they themselves, president after president, but, but guess what, though? Just to give you a dose of the mentality, and I say this without apologies because I only say these things because I want these stuff not to happen to any other athlete to, 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 to circumvent the greatness of our young athletes coming up. But in 1992, I was told by the president of the B3As, 
I need to stop going around in the media telling Bahamians that I'm going to win an Olympic medal because I can't even beat the Cubans. And even the great Tommy Robinson couldn't win Olympic medals. That's what the president of the B3As during my time, when I was the Shawnee Miller of the Bahamas and the Stephen Gardner. You can imagine. You can imagine the, 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 the uh, Dramico uh, Archer telling Shanae uh, Miller, stop telling Bahamian, the Bahamian people you will you win any Olympic medal when you can't even beat the Cubans and you certainly can. You certainly can't beat Pauline Davis. Be better than Pauline Davis. Could you imagine that? The president of your federation tells you that. That's insane. That's That's some of the most insane stuff i've i've ever heard in my life especially at that point in the country's history knowing what was on the horizon because it's not like it's not like you didn't have the ncaa resume there already for them to know what was possible going into that so i not uh, only that Ronaldo, not only that in 1992 at that time i had the number one triple jump in the world I, ju I just broken the, 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 the national record, 57-2. First time any Bayman, it's, it's ballistic, man. That's crazy. It's crazy. So so that night, I want, let's talk about that night since you brought it up. <laughs> that night, as this moment was happening, as you start your trek towards breaking history, as it's clear that you are going to end up on this medal podium, Certainly, you must have had some Bahamians around to celebrate and commemorate this, right? I mean, because they were there in Barcelona. <laughs> Somebody had to be there, right? <laughs> my God. Yeah, it's the biggest laugh in my life. Look, man, I, 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 like right now, I'm watching, the, I'm watching the World Championships. I mean, the stadium is clapped. When the cameras go through showing the, the stands and crowd, I can see a Bahamian contingent there with a beautiful flag in great numbers at the world championships when i competed in 1992 in barcelona spain there were only two bahamians in the stands from the administrations it was it was sorry sorry it was one member from the the, the 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 Olympic Federation. And he was the doctor, he was the team doctor, that's Dr. Patrick Roberts. God rest his soul. That's Neville Wisdom's uncle. Eric Gordon's uncle. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, uh, and 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 the only journalist, Phil Smith, who you know is a personal best friend, like a brother of mine's. Man, he went through so much trying to fight ZNS to send him to the Olympics and a, and a camera crew, and, and and it didn't happen. He wasn't able to come. But those were the only two Bahamians that was in, sorry, in Mike Sands, who was there for me as my manager, who had to actually fight for me to get a uniform to compete in the finals. You hear me? To get me a uniform to compete in the finals of the Olympics. Mike Sands had to fight a couple of BOC members to get me a uniform 
because all the uniforms were given out to the BOC family members. And he had to fight for me to get a uniform. And then he had to fight for me to get to the stadium to jump in the finals of the Olympics in 1992 that night. When he went to Arlington Butler's, Arlington Butler to use his attache's car to, to, to drop me to the stadium, Ali Butler said, no, 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 I, we taking the, the cars, we going shopping. Mike Sands literally almost got in a fight. And you could talk to Mike Sands about this. He literally had to, 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 to bully the car away from Ali Butler to get me to the stadium to compete for my country, along with fighting for a uniform for me to wear, the uniform they saw me wear in 1992. These are the kind of adversities, my friend, that I, that, that I dealt with. To, to, look, man, I probably would have not found my last jump and had the longest fall in mankind history. My first jump probably would have been 61 feet if I had <laughs> the synergical, <laughs> the synergistical so loving support that the American athletes have, the Russian athletes have. You see what I had to get just to just dude, you saw what I had to do just to get to the stadium. And that's that's not even These, that's before you even started warming up. That's just dealing with all even, the other stress. That, this, this, this is my, my focus should be dealing with I'm going to jump 70 feet. I'm, I'm, I'm fighting against the tape. Mike Conley, Charlie Simpkins, uh, 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 um, and all the Russians in the whole world. Th these are the people who you know want to put obstacles in your way. But, but these are the obstacles that were put in my way by my federation and my, my, and my, uh, my, my Olympic association. Even before I got a chance just to, 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 to make history for the Bahamas. So I, I listened I listen to you and your story with this. And it's, I think the most troubling thing is it's similar to stories we hear now because there still seems to be a disconnect between athlete and federation. That still happens. And I think... The majority of people won't know, but from time to time, there will be athletes that come out and speak up, whether they post it on social media, whether you talk to them personally, but it's not its not really hidden. Like, these things continue to happen, even as recently as the controversy would went on with Terrence Jones and him being suspended before a day later, they repeal it and say, yeah, there's no suspension, but there's still always to be this conflict, seems to be this conflict between the Federation, and the athletes. And if it was happening with you in 92, why do you think it still persists to this day? Well, you remember I just told you uh, when you asked me earlier about, you know, the administrative ills of not sh not not being sure that they, they get it based on the, uh, the, the, the accomplishment of their basketball team. And I, I, I kind of let you know that I would I would have thought that after 1992 that all these things that had happened to me would never happen to a Shawnee Miller, Terrence Jones. Um, the list goes on and on, you know, um, and, and and it's still happening because people, are, in my opinion, you have the wrong people getting involved in these administrations for the wrong reasons, and it become about the administrators. It's still about them. It's not about the athletes, you know what I mean? And that's sad. 
you know, um, and then, like I said to you, until it's such time as we start to monetize uh, the, the, the administration part of, of sports in the Bahamas, where it's professional, where people have to be uh, held accountable, I, I think we, we're going to continue to have these kind of ill will things going on. And it, it goes back to your, 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 your whole thing. I'm not sure, Frank, that the people that write the checks really get what is necessary to sustain what we have, what we just seen and, and to build on it to make sure we do get to the Olympics. It's the same thing. We are dealing on a volunteer system trying to get professional results. And, 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 and at some point, it runs out of gas. You see, America is brilliant at sustainable success in sports because it's a multi-billion dollar industry. Okay, yes, you, I mean, collectively on the Bahamas, <laughs> the Bahamas basketball team, you basically had about roughly about $400 million on the court. <laughs> yeah, that's being conservative. It might be more than that. <laughs> exactly. You had $400 million. I mean, DeAndre, yes, DeAndre is, is worth probably $300 million. Uh, Buddy, probably 200 something and, 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 and God knows how much Eric is, 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 he's been in the league forever. Yeah, so that's about and, and four so, contracts under his belt right now. His belt. So, we, 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 so, so, why is we doing back flips and cartwheels? We, we, you're right. Bahamians understand, and like you said, the money that it took to make that happen. Whatever you had to do for Eric, whatever you had to do, to make sure DeAndre and and and, and uh, Buddy and, and Kai and everybody had what they needed from the uh, from the NBA or whatever whatever, but you also have to make sure those guys have a level of comfort that they're used to in their real life of playing basketball. You just you know, and, and, and so therefore they they brought that whole culture to it. How do you sustain that to be your motive operandi of your program, even when them guys are not there, is what you are talking about and what I'm talking about should have happened in track and field. The only time, the only time this is going to happen, my brother, we have to monetize this thing. Where the administrative part of it, the national team coaches have to be paid. I'm sure the Argentinian head coach, that's what he does for a living. The trainers for Argentina, that's what they do for a living. Yeah, absolutely. This, 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 this how the, 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 you know, the, 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 the reporters who were there, they're being paid handsomely to, to cover that event. It can't be Ronaldo hustling his own money trying to get there and this, that, and everything else. That we, we got to get away from that bull crap. Oh, you can say and bullshit. You can say bullshit on here. You good? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it, it it's. It, 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 it's you know it, it 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 hurts me man it really does to the point where you want to share tears because i mean it's, it's just we, we just don't get it and, and and what it is brother we are truly caught up in two different worlds we caught up into an antiquated westminster british type of governance and thinking okay versus the American ingenuity, capitalistic, everything have to do with what will it take, how much it costs for us to make sure this happens. That's the Americans. The British, 
oh, it's just PE. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. It's PE. So and so leaders, that's the way they think it, my brother. Yeah. I'm so sorry. like it's it's a cultural difference because I always say I look at I look at Shawnee's career, right? And everything that she's been able to do and projecting what she's still going to be able to do. And I, I, I've said this several times. I feel like if she was in America, she would be Allison Felix. Like she would have that level of star, star power, if not even more. Because if you look around locally, this is, this is the greatest at what she does and has been for some time now. How many endorsement deals does she have? When I think about it, I can only think of one. I can only think of one. Same thing with Steven Gardner. I can think of one. So their faces, are, I went to Jamaica in 2009. Yeah, in 2009. And as soon as I landed at the airport, I step out. I see Jamaican athletes everywhere advertising for Grace, advertising for all sorts of local local companies. That is not happening here in the Bahamas. It's just not. Well, there you go. Let, let, let's, let, let me first establish this because I've seen somebody mention on social media that don't make no comparison between Allison Felix and Shawnee Miller. Let, let's, let's do the forensics just on this for a quick second and we'll move past it. Shawnee Miller is 10 times greater than Allison Felix. Let, let's get that right. Agreed. Let's, let's, let's get that right. 10 times more successful on the track than she is. And this is why I'm saying this. People, stop getting freaking carried away with relay medals. Mm-hmm. Allison Felix have a bunch of damn relay medals. If Shawnee Miller had the amount of relays that she can run, if we had a relay team every year that could contend, she would She would win. She, this, this girl is two-time Olympic champion, two-time, two-time world champion, right? Yeah, was was unbeat, unbeatable, unbeatable until she had to leave the sport because she had a child. <laughs> before that, before that was unbeatable. But but you're right, she's way better. But in terms of the star power, Felix gets ahead because of the American system. Because she's American. But I heard some Bahamian making some stupid, remarkable bullshit. Yeah, I don't get that. When it comes to uh, 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 listen. You know? Do you know how many? Do you know how many uh, um, 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 individual? Do you know how many individual uh, uh, medals Allison Felix have? No. How many is it? Allison Felix, I think, have won one gold medal. One gold medal in the two hundred meters. Everything else, she finished second and third. In all the Olympics she's been, you go and Google it. She 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 had one gold medal, and the one she was trying to win with is big enough up. Shawnee dive across the line, to beat her ass in, in in 2016. Yep. Right. Okay. So 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 all the other medals, Allison Felix, they brag about Allison Felix out. They are all relay medals. So so take take all of them out and just look at her individual medals. And you'll see she have one gold, silver, and bronze in, in, in 200 and 400. So let's, so let's put that aside. But you are 150% correct. 
she is an American athlete. And if Shawnee Miller was and Stephen Gardner were American athletes or Russian athletes or British athletes or Canadian athletes or any athlete besides the Bahamas from a major country, don't mess around and be from Saudi Arabia now. Oh, they would have a whole damn <laughs> <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Well, you see the buddy so, they throw so, they throw in at Ronaldo and they're just trying to throw at Messi and Mbappe, so I can only imagine. Shawnee Miller would, would, would be a billionaire if she was running for the UAE right now. She'd be a billionaire because they'll easily, they'll easily give her a billion dollars by now. Without a question, unequivocally. That's the kind of money they're throwing at the at the long distance runners right now. Them guys are getting, I mean, millions of dollars to go compete for Qatar and places like that. I mean, that. I was about to you say, it's, it's, a co- it's a couple of Jamaicans competing for some Middle Eastern countries now as well. So, I mean, we listen, that's why I think we need to be really careful with how we do this. We really need to be careful with what we put forth because at the end of the day, speaking realistically, athletes have a very short window to earn. And if we continue to nickel and dime that... I honestly feel like national pride can only go so far. Yes, it's very important, but that can only go so far. Look at the fact that we have one of the best women's basketball players in the world in John Quill Jones, but you lost her to, to Bosnia. Like, if you continue to not treat this thing properly and treat it as big business, is it really unforeseeable that we could start? Are we not going to realize what can happen until you lose one of your major track athletes? Is that what it's going to take? Because that's a possibility. Well, you're right, and that 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 my brother, that will that will happen. It will like you know, people may not want to hear, but that's going to happen for sure. You know, because you keep with the same type of, you know, not just not giving them the, the financial rewards of, of endorsements and and uh, all the things that is equivalent equivalent to what their their their, their parents are getting around the world. You also, you also uh, are humiliating them when they go to these uh, these, these championships, and 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 and, and you you having to fight your administration. You know when 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 you know you should you should everybody should be catering to you. You know, so you're right, man. The day tomorrow, this stuff is this stuff is is going to be um, where we're going to lose. <laughs> Everything if we don't start to take this thing uh, to the next level, man. You know, one hundred percent. And I know track, track and field. Of course, you said basketball has become your favorite sport, but track and field is where people know the name Frank <laughs> Rutherford. I want to talk about the development at the developmental level because I know whenever, like you said, you were just in Harbor Island. Whenever you're there, you get a chance to look at young athletes. And this has been a point of contention with you for a while. And we, I feel like we have this discussion every Carifta. How did it get to the point to where it is now? Because I think all of these things are connected. What's happened or the lack of what's happened at the senior level, that starts with how we treat it at the junior level. Because when people look at what, let's stay with Jamaica for a second. When people look at what Jamaican athletes do on the senior stage, well, everyone knows that starts with how they treat it at the junior level. We continue to not be able to compete on the mass scale there. We did up until 1984, and then that was it. Then there was just a shift. 
there was a divide. And now we just straight up cannot compete anymore at the junior level. Why is that? That's because, as we said, we have not taken the, 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 the simple solution of putting basic facilities where the masses and rough diamonds are of young talent in our country. And that is in the family islands. Um, and then once you have those facilities, like a basic $250,000, $300,000 talent track in North and Saudi Lutra, North and South Andres, Cat Island, Exuma, uh, the Abacos, certainly in Moore's Island, where Pastor Williams has proven. I think more more amazingly than any coach in the world uh, to have produced a world champion and Olympic champion <laughs> who have never even went through the NCAA system but came straight out of Mars Island to the point where we have neglected as governments, as administrations. And see, again, like you say, a lot of people blame the government, but as you've pointed out, and you pointed out correctly, um, the administrations of these sport should be the catalyst and the agitators to the government to make sure certain things happen. They should take the lead in, in making sure. That, I don't, I'm not sure the Beatrice once have have initiated any plan with the government to say that we need to go to the, to to Northern South Andres, Northern Saudi Lutra, Abaco, and and over the next ten years, let's build. Let's, let's build seven tracks or eight tracks. No, they haven't done that. So nor have the, 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 the Federation or, or Association that is responsible for Olympic sports. All these guys do is sit on their ass and wait for a trip, carry their loved ones, sweethearts, and use these trips from the B-Triers, from the, the uh, uh, Bahamas Olympics uh, 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 associations or, or, or committee, whatever they call themselves, for vacation clubs. So during, so during, during the time that they should be spending time finding ways to ensure that our young talent is given the instruments they need to inspire them to want to get involved in track and field. I mean, God, dog, if you go down to Harbor Island and all these other, all these other places, and these, these kids are hungry. They're hungry for any information, any camp you do. Everybody's involved in big numbers. And you see these tall, big kids, fast. Like, what the hell, what the hell are we doing? I don't even understand this. I mean, it, it, it's mind-boggling to me, and then we, we make excuses as to, oh, we can't beat Jamaica because Jamaica got 6 million people. Yeah, that's nonsense. I tell them how much how much athletes, that 6 million people is not needed to, to, to run Carifta. You, you, need, you, need, you need about, I think they say about 380 athletes to feel a, a full team from freaking, uh, 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 from, from under 15 to under 20. 
we we have we have we have we have, we have more than enough enough yeah that that's a that's a cop-out you know? excuse because jamaica's population has always been bigger than ours but like i said 84 was the point when everything changed yeah i mean it it, it it's, it's crazy man it, it, it's it's crazy 84 is when she well you had you had somebody like a neville wisdom who obviously nobody you don't know, but somebody who's an unsung hero that nobody gives any credit to I mean, he was the man that led uh, 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 um, us to the, to the victories against Jamaica. Nobody calls him to ask him uh, about development. We, 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 look, man, we, we, we have all the pieces there. We have the money. We, we have the minds. But but the, the whole point the whole point is, if anybody tell you the money ain't there, we can't build this, we can't do that. That's nonsense. You know why it's nonsense? Because when you could take five or seven million dollars, you pay the crooked IAAF to have the world relays. When you could take that same doggone it money, you take that same doggone it money, and go invest in building facilities, multi-purpose facilities, track facilities, uh, damn every middle school and elementary school here in, in, in Houston where I live have a track, a basketball, a multi-purpose basketball arena. You know, but a whole country that, that, that have, they, they say we have the fourth most uh, uh, U.S. cash reserves on our shores in the Bahamas. And, and we, we in our, our islands are underdeveloped when it comes to, to basic track facilities. Basic basketball covered facilities. Basic volleyball. Doesn't take much at all to, to make a, a baseball and a softball field. We 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 are BSing, man. Which is we're insane. BSing. Which is insane when you think about it because like you mentioned Jackson Five and, and Michael Thompson earlier. Think about how long ago nineteen seventy-eight was. We had the guy from nineteen seventy-eight. We had the number one overall pick then. And when you look at indoor facilities for basketball, I mean, <laughs> you still can't find something named after Michael Thompson other than the road leading <laughs> leading to the gym. Like, that's about it. There's not really there's not really a mark to commemorate him. Like, we continue to fall down on facilities. It, and all the sports are suffering from the same thing, the same way track and field has suffered, basketball has suffered. And now you see baseball rising to the forefront and they've always suffered in terms of facilities, but we continue. And it's kind of like we're victims of our own success because individually these people attain such a high level of success that the general public just thinks everything is okay. And so administrators and people that make decisions get to continue to skate on that success without being proactive and trying to find a way to develop more and to sustain that. They rely on you to come along. They rely on people like Shawnee and Steven Gardner to come along or DeAndre Buddy or Jazz Chisholm. And it, it, we continue to go with the same MO. The status quo remains the same because of individual success. And I just, I, sometimes I'm uncertain how we're ever going to change the culture. So that is not the norm. Yeah, you uh, you you got me there too. I you know it's obviously in a Westminster system where 
the prime minister makes all the decisions uh, um, in an antiquated British. It's just, I don't know, man. You're just as puzzled as I am, you know. Um, But but like I say, until the whole system is monetized, sports is seen as 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 a billion dollar industry there as well, you know, uh, in the country. It's never going to change. It's just never. I mean. Look, man. What what new what new? Tell me what new track is being built right now in 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 the Family Islands. <laughs> and I'm not talking about no no condo track or no. Tell tell me what I know. They 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 building they finishing off a basketball uh, multi-purpose facility. In, I think in South Andrews somewhere. I don't know whether that's the government or whoever it is or a, a community initiative. I don't know what that is. You know, I know somebody built a basketball uh, a facility in in. Um, in in uh in 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 in, in Bimini, um, mm-hmm. but other than other than those two, I don't even count Freeport. Uh, they attract there because I'm the one who told St. George Edward St. George back in 1992 you need to build a track for those people, and he did. Okay, and they have they had the money to do it. But what tracks do we have that with Stephen Gardner name on it in Moors Island or anywhere in Abaco? What track do we have name after? Uh, uh, um, the fireman, uh, Chris Brown in, in Elutra. You know, I mean, Long Island is another place where you have amazing long distance runners. They've had a history. We've not, we, we've just missed so badly. Just on a simple $250,000 track. I spent so much time in these islands with, with billionaires who were investors in those places. They, they constantly say to me, man, we will do so much if only the government themselves would put together a comprehensive plan that we could, we 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 could we could give our money to make sure it is it will actually be done, and not just give the money to some local person here in the community and they steal it and do like the the the, the, the bunch of stories I've heard in the past, you know what I mean? So, we we have it there, my brother. We have it there, but but we are bullshit, man. It's 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 frustrating, you know. I know it's frustrating. I, I know, I know it is. I want, but okay. I gotta ask you this one question though. How long do you think it'll be before they actually name something after you? Huh. Um, maybe never. And I, I, the reason why I say that is because long before me, my role model was a guy by the name of Elisha Obed. He's still the only. WBC junior middleweight champion of the world that ever had Bohemian blood pumped through him. And there isn't one damn thing named after that great champion. Okay. And he's been a hero of mine from the time I was a kid. Inspired me. I did, honestly, I was never inspired by any. There, I never had a role model in track and field come up ahead of me that I wanted to be like, because I always wanted, I always wanted to win be an Olympic champion. I always wanted to be win an Olympic medal. That was my goal. I'm sorry. I mean, two stadiums are named. People, I often say this to people. Two stadiums are named after Thomas Robinson. Um, you, 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 you get me there. I, I'm still trying to figure that out. You know what I mean? Even after 2011. Oh my God. Yeah. You build. You build. You build a whole new one, and it has the same name. Like even and my thing with that is, and I got. I got this from Jamaica as well. I go there and it's 
Heroes Park or it's Heroes Stadium. Because they have so many, it's difficult for them. They can't choose one hero for it to, to be named after. So it's kind of like they try to encompass everybody into that. But I th- I think it goes back to earlier what we say about us. And this is something you always say too. Us, one, not recording history properly. And then also not really respecting it so it continues to live on. That th- Those are cultural issues that we have. If you... If you could be minister of sports, you're minister of sports, you're in charge, you get the entire portfolio, what's the first move you make? First thing I do is build facilities. That's easy. Uh, that's the easy one. I mean, I always tell any minister who wants to be, wants his legacy to be remembered, give us something that we really, really need. Give us something that we really, really need and, and, and will, be the, will be the impetus and springboard to 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 uh, uh, to us having a sustainable uh, um, sports culture, championship culture. Uh, give us something where our young people, uh, you build it and they will come with pride in them family islands, and you will never have to look back again if you w- was a minister. I mean. To still to me the good, the greatest minister to ever live is 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 uh, uh, Brandon, uh is is, is uh, uh, Mr. Knowledge, Kendall Knowledge, El Numero Uno. He coined a, a phase El Numero Uno that 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 kind of led us to 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 the only things we have done in track and field through the crypto when we won the crypto those years, and and it's propelled our track and field culture to what it is still today from an athlete standpoint. Okay. Um, the, the, the other ministers, they've had, I guess, their 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 um, things that they have done, you know, uh, from subvention to whatever. But pretty much, to me, honestly, I mean, I, I see most of them as 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 being just um, just a rope holder, just holding the rope as to what has always been done, and nobody has done anything uh, that is really um, generationally moving, you know, uh, uh, to, to the point where you ensure that when, when your days are done and you lay in your grave, that the country will be benefiting because something you have done that have shifted, I mean, shifted, I mean, like I say, you and I, you went to the University of Kentucky. You go to, to, you go, I mean, forget about just going to, to recreational parks. I mean, you go to any school, every school have a gym. Every school have a track. Every, every school have a tennis court. Every school have a, do, do you, the reason why America dominates sports is because they've given their, their people the basic tools to work with. Yeah, some, God, dog is sometimes it's that simple. I mean, you know, my son plays baseball, and every time we travel, they go to these different, and not anything exorbitant, you know, like the simple community parks they go to, and it's 10 times better than anything they play on here. Yes. And, and, and some of these things are privately owned by people. Forget about it being owned by the county or the school district or whatever. This is, is basic that the school district should have that. It's basic that the country should provide those things in 2023 for, the, for their citizen. 
It's just simple as that, my brother. I mean, it is nothing. This listen, man, there's nothing sophisticated. So that's the first thing as the minister of sports. My second thing is to find a way to monetize federation leaders. To give them a salary where the president and at least the secretary and one other person would be able to do it full time where they could dedicate themselves to going to, to the private sector to, to, to promote, market, and sell their sport to, you know, to, 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 uh, to corporate Bahamas, to Nike. You, you, you don't think by now Nike, Adidas, Puma, and them have enough interest and thirst in basketball players from the Bahamas, track and field athletes, that they should be investing millions of dollars into the Bahamas, into our sports programs. As the minister, I would make sure that happened. I want to sit down at the table with Phil Knight and let him know the same money that you invest with these universities and building facilities or giving them enough. Listen, man, you could do it in this country too. And they'll be happy to do it because these are people I talk to. I'm going to find a way to, to, to turn the mentality of Bahamians and the government in general of sports being PE and recreation. No, I'm turning sports into being a multi-billion dollar industry because God dog it. DeAndre Ayton makes $200 million a year when you put a shoe contract inside his, inside his thing. Buddy Hill makes a hundred and some million dollars uh, over the next... You, you understand what I'm saying? We could, we, 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 Sean A. Miller, six million. Stevie Gardner, probably two or three million. I mean, and you, and, and you make it where these people too want to come and invest themselves also because you're giving them something to be proud of. You're changing the mindset of young behemoths. You know, a young behemoth, if they drive down the road and say, man, look at Sean A's house. Man, look at Sean A's business. I want to build Elijah Obed will have a statue put on one of the roundabouts. Andre Rogers wouldn't just be a stadium. This FBG will be sit, sitting somewhere where the average behemoth, just like we drive down, down Bay Street, we see this oppressive Queen Victoria sitting inside our public square. You would be seeing Bahamian heroes who are like you, who are from over the hill, who went to the world and took us there and made us proud. And mummy, I won't be like him. I want a child to point and say, who is that mummy? Oh, man, that's Elijah. Man, he's, a, he's a junior middleweight champion of the world. Mummy, that's Elijah? You mean he was like, like how, uh, 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 what's the name is? What the boy name? Uh, uh, like uh, like um, Floyd? Mayweather? Yeah. Me, he was like Mayweather? Yeah. He, oh, mommy, we had somebody like Mayweather. And he was like me. There's enough, we don't have enough conversations that are being talked about in our culture of our sports heroes, even much uh, political heroes who have given us the freedoms we have today. You understand what I'm saying? 
hopefully, so, 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 hopefully this is the start of us having more of these conversations and I wanted to reach some different audiences. I want us to continue to do this kind of thing because these are conversations that have to be had. Well, I'm here to have it as long as I'm living, my brother. So, Uh, we'll 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 keep doing this until i mean jeez they gotta at least give they could give you like i don't know i feel i feel like all triple jumpers like there's there's such uh and i don't want to even just limit it to that but my god there's such a wealth of of proficiency in that in that event and you did so much to do that, and then you had Levan come behind you, and then also win the Olympic medal. I just, I just, I mean, I don't know. Because of our relationship, people are gonna think I'm just, uh, I'm caping for this, but it's, it's factual. It's bigger than that, and I don't know when this kind of thing is gonna change. But this has been uh, Frank Rutherford. Frank, thank you for joining me here on the program. This is not gonna be the only conversation like this that we have. We are going to continue doing this. And I want you to pop in and chime in whenever anything is going on. It doesn't even have to be limited to us revisiting the past. We didn't even get to what's going on in the world championships now. That's that's how deep this conversation <laughs> has been, but we're going to get to that. But thank you for being on the program, Frank. Man, always thank you uh, for having me. And then uh, keep doing what you do, man. You're revolutionizing uh, sports media and then media in general. You know, you, you, you're you taking it to a whole different level and boy you know i'm going to get to a place where i'm going to be one of your major sponsors with mega mall pretty soon so hang in there buddy uh, i'm with you all right from your words to go out there <laughs> thanks frank <laughs> yeah buddy no problem see you later machines trying to go to the moon and then crashing into it.